Hello everyone, happy Monday, and to all of my friends and counterparts here in the Midwest with me, I'm very sorry that this week is going to be terribly cold. Um, For those of you who are in very nice, beautiful, warm parts of the country, or other countries, um, we are expecting to have uh, record wind chills this week, um, Tuesday night, Wednesday, down to negative 80 degrees Fahrenheit uh, in the uh, Midwest, which is very unusual actually for us. Um, It's usually like, you know, the lowest it gets is like maybe negative 10. So yeah, anyways, uh, (laughs) sorry to all of you out there. Welcome to an episode of uh, Confessions of an IT Manager. I'm sorry it's been a while once again since we've had an episode. Um, Unfortunately, this year has started off with... uh, just all sorts of projects and uh, craziness and time-consuming things that have uh, basically taken my attention away from doing these podcasts. Uh, I'm going to try and sneak in an episode now, and we'll just keep trying to sneak in ones whenever I can kind of get the chance. So uh, today, uh, we're going to talk kind of quick about a couple of things. One of the things I want to talk about that we'll start off with is um, some more cybersecurity tools and resources for you guys to use out there, uh, ones that are completely free to you and uh, could definitely, definitely benefit you. All right, everyone. So cybersecurity resources. Um, there are literally so many out there that I really you know, can't list them off for you. <laughs> Um, but I want to tell you about a few um, that are free to you as a business um, that I really actually do encourage you to go talk to. <clears throat> um, you've probably heard me mention the first one before, and I'm going to mention it again. Uh, the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, they have uh, uh, internet crimes area, cybersecurity area, and they are always eager to talk to businesses, to educate businesses, to give them resources and help to be there in the event that something bad does happen. Um, they will come out, they will visit you, they will talk with you. They are they're an absolutely wonderful resource to have. Those are the first people I recommend that you go look up, um, talk to, contact them, you know, anything like that. If you need some extra help on that, because um, sometimes it's a little more difficult to find them, shoot me a message um, through uh, Anchor or whatever or uh, anything like that, let me know and um, I will give you some info to help get in touch with them. The next one that I want to mention is uh, actually, um, I guess they kind of go hand in hand with each other and it was a surprising one to me when I found out, but the Federal Trade Commission and the Better Business Bureau both have some pretty nice cybersecurity resources out there about um, protecting your business, keeping things safe, uh, especially dealing with financial stuff. So uh, good with the accounting side of your de- your departments um, or your business, uh, anything like that. Um, those are another great one I, I recommend you go check out. They have a website for it. Um, if you just Google search, you know, FTC cybersecurity, it'll come up or BBB cybersecurity, it'll come up. Um, so that's something good. The third one I highly recommend you guys do, and, and this one um, I really highly recommend for your businesses, is uh, Department of Homeland Security has a cybersecurity portion where they will come out, do an assessment with you, and then they not only give you the results, but they give you the results in an interactive dashboard that um, you can basically simulate changes and see how it does to your 
risks. So it, it kind of has like this, this bar graph that shows, you know, you're really strong in this area or really weak in this area or you're fine here. Um, and if you were to make a change, you know, say add or change some equipment or staff even or stuff like that, what will it do to those different bars? You know, now you have more of a risk here. Now you have less of a risk here type of stuff. Um, that one is a really, really handy one. Um, I really, really recommend you guys reach out to them and do that. If you Google Department of Homeland Security, Cybersecurity Audit or Assessment, I can't remember what it's called. It's one of those. Um, It'll come up, get in contact with them. They have a whole branch that does this. Um, as well as, uh, they are also eager to help with physical security. Um, and that's nice too, because they will give you resources for, you know, what to do in the different situations, active shooters, you know, threats, stuff like that. Um, it's been a very nice, very valuable uh, asset to have. Without going into too much detail, um, it kind of came in handy here recently for us, uh, uh, a business, um, we'll just say nearby from where we are, um, happens to be a rather large producer of a commodity that we all use, and I'm not going to go into details on what that is, and uh, they, along with some other businesses and some school districts around our area here, um, I think it was right after, or right before Christmas, excuse me, um, received uh, basically threats through an email of um, ransom threats of, if you don't pay me in Bitcoin, I am going to remote detonate the devices I have placed around your business. Um, so, you know, major, major threat, uh, major issue. Had this place have been, had this been a real threat, I guess I should say, and this place had been blown up, um, you probably wouldn't be having any more recordings from me ever. But uh, it didn't happen. It was all just a hoax. Um, but it was good that um, that company had procedures in place. We had procedures in place because we were close enough in proximity to them that we had to be concerned about it. Um, stuff like that. So, uh, Homeland Security will give you um, some valuable, valuable resources for that. I really recommend you guys go look that up. Aside from that, there are a lot of private companies out there that, that go and try and help um, try and help with resources. One of them I suggest you look up is called Know Before. Um, I've done business with them before in the past. They are a great company. Um, they focus uh, primarily on phishing, which is still the number one method of getting threats into your environment. Uh, they have some great tools out there. They have some great free tools. They have a really wonderful newsletter that comes out and uh, talks about uh, some of the latest and greatest stuff and some videos that go along with that. Um, highly recommend you guys go in and look that up as well. The other thing I wanted to talk about today, which for some reason I totally forgot to mention in the intro, was um, I want to focus strictly on server room or server rack, I guess you could say, temperature management. I know we've kind of like very briefly in a few sentences talked about this before. Um, I wanted to just mention it a little more in depth right now, uh, give some tips. Um, so one of the kind of trends in uh, modern times now, if that's what you want to call it, with server rooms is actually not to have these colossal server rooms anymore. Um, with virtual environments and virtual infrastructure, you know, things are starting to downsize, which is really nice. Um, that you don't have to have these massive rooms with, you know, racks and racks full of equipment. Um, for a really large company, you know, you're probably really only going to have about three racks full if, um, 
you know, and I'm talking a, a company that's a good, you know, 300,000 square foot building and, you know, maybe 500 employees, stuff like that. You'll probably really only have about three, four racks. And one of those I almost guarantee you is going to be just core networking. So temperature management. Temperature management is very important. It is um, because you need that heat that is generated from all your equipment to get out of your equipment and to get out of the rack so that you don't risk overheating. If you overheat, you are going to start burning out hard drives, um, spinning platter drives, you know, will have the bearings in them go out. They will have other mechanical failures. You will have cooling fan failures because, once again, spinning bearings, um, you know, and, and just starting to stress all sorts of stuff. There's also, like... Um, your heat sink material that's on your processors and heat sinks um, will actually dry up and crack and break down and it won't pull that heat off properly and then you burn up a processor, you know. The list just kind of goes on and on. So the proper way to do it, especially if you have full-size racks, is you have um, basically what's called a, a hot aisle and a cold aisle. Your hot aisle or your warmer area is going to be behind your servers, behind your equipment in that, that area back there. And your cold is going to be in the front. Um, not all network switches are designed to draw air front to back. Um, some are. So sometimes with network switches, you, you know, you kind of just have to add some supplementary fans. We'll cover that in just a second. Um, but servers are designed to draw front to back. So, um, in your server room, you want to have your cooling, and your cooling should be um, something in the front, whether that is AC units that drop cold air from the ceiling. Um, that's kind of what I recommend as being the most gentle, that way you're not blowing directly on everything. You don't want to chill everything either, you know. Um, but you want to make sure you have this nice even cooling coming down. Uh, a few racks out there do have built-in AC units that kind of do the same thing. It's kind of up to you and what your budget is, what you want to do. Um, then you also want to make sure that with your cooling you do have backup plans and systems in place because if you have an AC unit go down or it needs to do work, uh, you know, maintenance needs to do work on it, something like that. You need to make sure your server room stays somewhat cool, um, you know, doesn't change the temperature too fast, too sudden, anything like that. You know, it's okay if you're going to change temperature, but if it's too sudden, same thing, it hurts. Um, so make sure you have that. Test it. Make sure that you have a plan in place there. Um, another recommendation, especially for, like, since I mentioned earlier how cold it is up here in the Midwest, um, Kind of two things. One is if you want to be efficient, you you can actually use the outside air uh, during the wintertime, bring it in and cool it. Um, just be sure to have a dehumidifier in there just in case um, you don't want to be sucking in raw moisture or anything like that. And then uh, the, the other thing is, is make sure that your AC unit doesn't depend on having warmer air than it to make cold air. Uh, if so, then you have another problem, and uh, I've been down that route before in a couple server rooms, and uh, not, not necessarily fun. So find a system that can suck from, you know, the normal air that's inside your building um, to cool it, you know, or something like that, something self-enclosed. Now, now that we've got the cooling out of the way and we're on to airflow in the network cabinets, one of the things I recommend is that uh, you can buy these uh, blank space fillers that are basically one U each. They pop into your rack and uh, anywhere that you don't have uh, equipment filling up your space right there, um, put those fillers in. That's going to actually create a wall. 
and that wall is going to help that hot air stay behind the servers and help the cold air stay in front. Um, it is going to help equalize your temperature in your actual physical equipment. If you have any devices that have an actual temperature graph, you can actually see a difference in having those fillers and not because you'll watch the temperature just constantly up and down without the fillers. And as soon as you put those in, you'll start to see it kind of normalize. Um, do that in every rack. As you add equipment, you know, you can take fillers out to make room for the equipment, but, um, but add those in. That's really going to help you. <clears throat> then make sure that your um, fans and all your servers are working okay. That's important. Um, in the back of your rack, if you have some extra heat that you notice at the top, um, you can actually get supplementary fans that mount to rack use as well. Um, there's some really nice ones out there that have built-in uh, temperature control and fan speed control, stuff like that. So if, if your rack isn't that warm, it'll actually turn the fan off. Um, go ahead and get some of those. Help push that air out of the back of the rack. You could even you know, take off the doors off the back of the rack if you wanted. Um, you should have slotted vented doors on front and back of your racks anyways. And, um, you know, that, that'll help with that airflow. Um, but if you really have a, if you can't get the heat out, you know, add those extra fans. It's going to help a lot. The other thing I recommend, I highly recommend that this is very important as well, is you find a temperature monitoring software. Um, there is a one company out there called Room Alert that I really like. They have everything from little individual units you can stick, you know, in, in network cabinets all the way up to, um, a very nice system that's rack amountable. Um, tons of sensors that you can throw in, even additional sensors if your door is open or if there's water on the floor, you know, stuff like that. Um, and, and you can put those in your racks and monitor all your temperatures. Um, and those will alert you. They will, I think you can set those up to text message you. Um, they will email you alerts, you know, stuff like that. Um, very, very important on that one. Uh, another thing about that too is when you are monitoring your temperatures, um, a, a 10 degrees temperature difference between the front and the back of the servers is normal. Um, that's actually pretty much what you want it as. If you have a little bit too much cooling in there, you'll you'll see a little bit smaller gap. Um, that's okay. Don't worry about it. But um, just as kind of a heads up there, that um, a temperature difference of about 10 degrees is is perfectly fine. You don't have to worry about that. And uh, as far as the temperature to keep your server room and keep your servers um, adjusted accordingly, but really um, 73 degrees Fahrenheit is a very good temperature for all of your equipment. Um, servers are, seem to be very happy at that temperature, um, which is really nice. Uh, so it's kind of the temperature range I recommend. Um, so I know it's kind of a lot of info thrown at you all at once, um, but that's kind of a run through of cooling in your server room and on your racks. You know, with your network cabinet racks, it kind of fall on a smaller scale, but you can do some of the same stuff to, to help if you really need it to help. Um, I'll throw in some supplementary fans and racks just to help uh, cool off the network switches. All right, guys, that is going to wrap up today's episode. Thank you always for listening. And uh, as always, if you have suggestions or anything that you're curious about, um, please let me know. I am more than happy to help talk, you know, anything, all of the above. Um, so uh, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you again soon. You're my- 
The song that I want to leave you guys with today is called Breathe. It's also by Love. Hope you guys enjoy it.